Hello and welcome to episode three and a bit, apparently, because we did have a pilot <laughs> of <laughs> Anne and Steve Talk Stuff. I'm Anne Blake, a performer, theatre artist person, and Stephen Kinsella, professor of economics. Hello, Anne Blake. How are you? I'm good, Stephen. How are you getting on? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Um, are you, are you ready? Are you ready for the Christmas? I'm ready for the Christmas. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Uh, Santa is going uh, to rain gifts. Oh, much more economically. I, I find it interesting in that my our kids in this generation are going to have a hard time saying to their kids what a hard time they had. So they're not going to be like, do you know what I mean? They're not going to be like, oh, you know, when I was a young fella, we got 17 presents. Only 17 presents. You kids don't know how lucky you've got it. They're not going to be able to say that. Whereas we were like, when I was, uh, when I used to get a punch in the face for Christmas Day and I was very happy with it. I loved me punching the I got it all slapped in the back of the head and I was like, oh, thank you, daddy, one more, please. You know, we, we, we they, they don't have... Um, uh, uh, low-level domestic violence to, <laughs> yes, <laughs> to look back on. Nice you know. Christmas for you, Steve. Yeah, um, yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's, it's funny, a friend of mine has a, a, seen a fridge magnet. I'm, going, I'm roughly, I'm paraphrasing him, but it's a picture of an, an old lady and saying, back in my day, we had to walk five miles barefoot to drink alcohol and have sex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, the, the concerns of every generation always feel unique. Um, yeah. Uh, it's a Krishnamurti said that, but I think the most important thing is uh, for, for, for me, we do, I have a very international Christmas because my wife is half German. Oh, cool. So we do Christmas the way the Germans do it. And it's a, uh, you know, no disrespect to the, uh, you know, the, the grand out Irish traditions of um, drinking too much and getting your kids up very, very early in the morning for very hungover people, uh, <laughs> which is, again, too much information about my childhood. But the most important thing is, is uh, Germans do it at, at the night before. Oh. So the night before, there's a big party comparable to the Christmas Day one that we have. Um, and it's it's it, the kids, the Christ child arrives. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of, so you have your dinner and it's all very nice. And then kids retreat to a special room. And then mm-hmm. the Christ child arrives. And oh. it's fantastic. Wow. And then in true German tradition, they open the presents in sequence. Ah. <laughs> in sequence of age. It's fantastic. So we're we're really hearing, wonderful. it sounds like the Christ child is knocking right now. Yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't your headphones. <laughs> Keen's going to check and, and let him in. Yes, let the Christ yes, child in. Let the Christ child in. So, so you have the presents the night before mm-hmm. and then you can sleep in the next day. It's oh, pretty great. Nice. It's it, very, very civilized. It's lovely. Well, it's funny. I know some people have the um, kind of tradition uh i've got it from my wife's family actually sorry christ john's knocking again he's back he's back (laughs) (laughs) um maybe i don't know listeners maybe you can't hear it as clearly as we can but there's 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 a fair bit of thumping going on outside there's there's a knocking um there's a knocking (laughs) that any the what was it what was i saying oh yeah that to open one present on christmas yeah. eve yeah it's quite nice i like that yeah. i like that idea and i, I except i, I probably it. only have yeah. one present oh, <laughs> at this late oh, stage no. we talked about the midlife crisis i mean it's like you just don't get that many presents no, you don't you don't, you don't. I, I i i um 
what I found is, you know, those really, really, really stereotypical dad presents, mm. ties and socks and that, right? Yeah. What I found is not only do I get those presents, yeah. I actively desire them. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm like, actually, I, I'm, I'm wearing a tie right now. Like, I actually and need socks. a tie. I am, I am wearing socks, but they're crap socks. Oh. So, uh, you know, come, come, the, uh, come the crimbo. I, I, I wouldn't mind a, another infusion of fresh, fresh sock action. Some novelty you know? socks. Novelty socks. I, yesterday I was strutting around the place in a pair of Superman socks ah. with two capes. <laughs> there are very, you were, you very were wearing, few. You were wearing two capes? I was wearing a cape on either sock. There, <laughs> there, there are very, very few items of clothing in that one could wear mm. where you get to wear two capes. Ah, true that. Yeah. And, but no capes on, on your back yourself. No, 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 no. no. The, although, uh, so I have uh, this academic robe, oh. which, which I get to wear like twice a year and which sits just basically gathering dust on the back of my and it's uh, red, isn't door it? and it's bright red. Yeah. So when you've got a PhD, you're entitled to wear this bright red robe. So naturally, the first thing my kids do when they come into my office is put the thing on because cool. the crack yeah. Right? The crack of like like swatting around in this thing. And it's it's a lot of fun. Yes. Actually, it's a lot of fun. And you can see, again, you know, you go back to this idea, universities come from a, a medieval past. Mm-hmm. The idea of robing up or uh, 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 excuses for men to wear dresses, right? Why not? Same thing. They should get to Same wear them thing. as much look, as they look, like. Power to them. More power to them. Fair <laughs> play. Um, but no, those, those, uh, those, those robes are great. But they're, that's the only... Um, cape related activity well uh, it, it's yeah. it's an interesting one though talking about i'm talking about ki- kids and obviously and there's 17 million presents and that but it is fair to say that you know um young people now with the level of social media and everything are doing the administrative work of a magazine editor would have been say when i was in college you mm-hmm. know or when we when we were in college we we've established we're the same age yes. um and this also brings me to I'm, I'm I'm segueing there I'm getting there that um you know in industrial revolution's time it was thought that with with the progress of of machinery and everything that we pretty much wouldn't be working anymore mm-hmm. whereas not only are we still working all the hours but way more hours and kids in a way with a level of of kind of involvement in in technology are kind of using that part of your brain that's that's going to work mm-hmm. and so what i want to know is Stephen, as an economist how can we advocate for and what would the ramifications be of a four-day week well i i love this idea of a four-day week because it strikes at the arbitrariness of this uh five-day week or yeah. a six-day week or seven-day week um the the seven-day week is one of the only things that one of the only time-based uh, uh, divisions that doesn't have a physical analog. So you know, a year is a solar revolution. Yeah. A day, you know what a day is? It it it, it moves up and down, um, and obviously a month is kind of some quasi-lunar cycle. Mm-hmm. But there there's no such thing as a week, right? Okay. Like like a collection of moments when the sun goes up and the sun goes down. You could divide those collections up into 40 or two. Why? Why do we have seven days? Mm-hmm. Um, why is one called Monday and all the way towards Sunday, right? Why, why groups of seven? Well, it turns out 
that um, anthropologists think that the seven-day week comes from Babylonian times, which is three and a half thousand years before the birth of Christ. Okay. Basically, they thought there were seven planets, and they thought that each planet gave it a day. So they went, right, seven gods, seven planets, seven days, lads, that's your lot. Wow. And there was no question of you not working all the days, right? Mm. Because, of course, if you didn't, everyone starved. Yeah. Subsistence farming, subsistence living. There was no surplus being generated. So we move forward to the uh, creation of state religions. And, and if, not, if not state religions, then a majority religion. And that basically meant you had to have a day where all you did was uh, observe religious activities, uh, which is fine. So that gives you six days of work. And then fast forward almost 6,000 years, yeah. right? And you move from having seven days and six of them being work to five days. Uh, in 1908, a, a cotton mill in the in the United States uh, actually gave their workers Saturday and Sunday off, and this was utterly revolutionary at the time. And the reason that they did that was not for not to increase worker welfare. It was because the workers who were Jewish in this uh, New England uh, cotton mill said, "We want Saturday off because that's our." You know, a Saturday, our, yeah. You know, uh, Sabbath, uh, Sabbath, Sabbath, Shabbat, Shabbat, Shabbat. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you can't do anything on their kind of holy day. So they were like cramped. And then um, that sort of trend pushed out very, very quickly. Uh, the union movement in the uh, in the UK and the US and pretty much all over what we might describe as the West. You know, like mm. the the West. They agitated for five day weeks so in other words you get saturday and sunday off and eight hour working days so the reason we work nine to five mm -hmm. in offices is because that's a compromise from eight to eight right so it's a reduction of basically it's daylight okay. yeah so it's so it's basically it's it's based on the amount of daylight and the amount of time that employers expected you to work so employers expected you to work whenever they wanted you to work mm -hmm. and then unions said well no 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 let's just let's just curtail the amount that uh, people are actually uh, working and then you get lunch breaks and all that stuff and so that sort of persists from about the 1950s so you used to see these bumper stickers like you know uh, unions you know we brought you the weekend okay <laughs> you know these kind of things these famous bumper stickers yeah um, in the uk and um, which is in fairness like as a as a as a way to state a benefit not bad yeah it's and, good yeah. um yeah and to, to be fair to be uh, clear there were moments in history where there have been fewer working days but in general in the west that's the that's the trend and then so we to, so the weekend know. was sorry the reason i just cultural reference there's a great quote from uh, downton abbey where you know the the nobility are there and the the, the 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 cousin who's actually working is there and he's talking about coming up on the weekend and maggie smith kind of looks around the room and goes what's a weekend <laughs> um, but it would have been a pretty i mean you're talking about 19 i've never seen that i, I mean no, yeah i've never seen oh, it it's, it's good I it's good watch it. but you're talking about i mean what you're the titanic sank 19 it was 100 years ago recently wasn't it anyway you're talking yeah. about the weekend was only about 10 years old at that yeah, point yeah yeah so it was a pretty okay. new thing right yeah um and so with union power basically uh, begins in the Second World War, at the end of the Second World War, and basically increases until about the 19, late 1970s, early 1980s, when okay. the union breaks Yeah. in the UK. And basically the union movement more or less dissipates as a, as a large-scale political force across the West. 
Um, and these kind of working practices, which sort of push into the working day, mm. uh, they start creeping up. And they're most encouraged by technology. So right. everybody listening to this has their work email on their phones. Yeah. Right. And has checked an email outside of work. And the, the, like, if you just think about the analog, analog of that. Yeah. Nobody goes back into work to check their post at 9 p.m. at night. Like, exactly. That would be strange. And yet nobody has a problem like turning on their email and going, oh, my God, my boss wants me to do this thing. Right. Fine. Yeah. Uh, or I'm the boss and I write, to, write my employee an email going, I need the thing for tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Yeah. Thus forcing you to work later. So technologies uh, kind of force this mm, this mass electronic presenteeism, you know, where you have to be there a minute, minute to nine. Yeah. And you see it all the time in organizations like that. Like you get loads and loads and loads of emails sent at like a minute past nine. Yeah. And a load, load of emails at like a minute to five and all this crack. And, yeah. um, and we all know email senders like that of the world that you can set a timer on your email program to make that happen. Yeah. So no one is impressed <laughs> yeah. because it's all sent at nine, you know, uh, uh, 901.00. So they're all sent at the exactly the same time. Yeah, yeah. So this flood of emails will land into our uh, inboxes in that moment. Especially if you're in a big organization, you see these things. Yeah, I, but it's not like I'm thinking it's so recent though, that mm. whole... Um, well, I suppose even the smartphone thing, you know, I remember I said my partner when we met first, it was ten, nearly 10 years ago, you know, and she didn't have Wi-Fi in her house. So when she left work, that was, that that. was it, you know, that was, that. That was it. No wow. emails would be seen until Monday after five o'clock Friday, because even then, yeah, regular phone, uh, our pre-smartphone days. And that's just... So what I find interesting is, you know, we have way more, but we're we're working way more. Like yeah. there, um, and what can we do? I like so. This is this is quite arbitrary. The five day week, mm-hmm. and it only suits cer- it suits certain people. Yeah. Um. I mean, schools based around it, and it seems school is basically preparing you for an industrial revolution <laughs> ideal of time. Yep. Um. And for a lot of people, like myself, Monday to Friday nine to five or nine to six whatever as a framework doesn't tend to suit me and i've managed to thankfully carve uh, a life out for myself where i don't have to do that but yeah how the four-day week it has been tried out in places or it is being championed in some places and how do we kind of advocate for i don't know the benefits of that well i think it's so so it's always been advocated for that people shouldn't work as much as they do. Mm. Uh, in the 1930s, the philosopher Bertrand Russell wrote this amazing book called In Praise of Idleness. Uh, Russell was a genius, Nobel Prize in peace, and just, just an all-around ledge bag, to be honest. If anybody's interested in his life, just Google it. Um, he has the most British accent of all time. And <laughs> he's just, just a fabulous, fabulous, fabulous um, example of humanity, to be honest. But um, one of the things that Bertrand Russell wrote was he wrote it at a time when the unemployment rate was like 33%. Right. And he said, in a, in a very Cambridge philosopher way, he said, surely the problem, if the problem is there isn't enough work, the people who have all the work should just work less and give those hours of work to other people. Right. And which is a classic example of a philosopher inventing a solution to a problem that doesn't actually exist. Yeah. Most of the, like, it's not like there are eight hours of playwriting no. that are sitting around you know what yeah. I mean? and it's also like most people like to work as much as they do because they want the standard of living yeah that goes along with it so 
the proponents of, uh, proponents of the four-day work week say most of our jobs, uh, particularly if you don't have to be anywhere, like if you're just literally sitting at a desk sending emails, you could kind of do that anywhere, really. Yeah, yeah. And most of our jobs are filled with things that don't actually require eight hours of time. So this is the thing. Yeah. If you only had a certain amount of time to do something, you just shorten what you did. Right. Like, you know, when you're just about to go on holidays, that week before you go on holidays, yeah. you're like a productivity missile. Yeah. You're like, bang, bang, <laughs> bang, 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 bang. Everything's done. Bang, out the door. Yeah. If everyone did that, everyone would be more productive. Yeah. As we define productivity as economists by output per worker. So yeah. if you make 100 burgers, and if, if, each, if each worker makes 100 burgers, and then next week they make 110 burgers, mm. that's great. Or, you know, it's 110 burgers per hour. But if you make more burgers in less time, say, if, or if you make 100 burgers in 45 minutes, mm. you're more productive again, right? Yeah. So we want to massively increase productivity. And you can do this by just saying to employees, listen, I just need you to do these five things. And I don't really care when they get done. Yeah. Um, now, the change that changes the employer-employee relationship yeah. massively. So imagine you're in a situation where you're working for 40 hours a week, but like really, you could do it all in a day. Mm -hmm. And you and your employer says to you, yo, you need to get this done. I don't know why they start the conversation with yo, but yo, that's... Yo, you, you've a cool employer. They're like gangster rappers from the <laughs> Yo, yo. <laughs> I don't know why they say that, but okay, they say, uh, hi, hello, how do you do? <laughs> hello. <laughs> I'm Brian Russell. I'm here to give you the answer. And they say, uh, well, well, you just get these five tasks done and stick a fork in you and you get it done in a day. Yeah. Well, it's... You're going to stay. They're going to keep paying you for 40 hours. Yeah. Or are we going to go back to a much older form of uh, work, which is called piecework? So okay. back in the day, before the Industrial Revolution, and uh, you mentioned about school. The reason that in Ireland we have school from September to December and December to June is not because of the Industrial Revolution. It's because of the Agricultural Revolution. Ah. So we still educate our kids on, a, on an agricultural cycle that most of our children are never exposed to. Yeah. Right. Even if you live on a farm, you're not as exposed to the agricultural cycle as you used to be. So it's uh, it's it's fascinating the deep history of our society and our culture and our economy. They still come back at us mm. all the time. We drive on roads paved by Romans. Do you know what I mean? Mm. The Celts decided that's the fastest way to get to Dublin, lads. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And we yeah. just built a bigger, better road for bigger, faster, more metal for four-wheeled donkeys. Sometimes these <laughs> metaphors drop out from under you. But you get my point. Yeah. So, so what is it? it so a four-day work week totally redefines the relationship between the employer and the employee Yeah. based on tasks. So it says, if you can get these five tasks done, you're done. Or, so that's piecework. If yeah. you can make me five coats, I am happy. Yeah. You know, do you remember the, what's the one with uh, the, the, he's like a little, his name has gone in my mind. He's like a little, so this, this daughter it's this fairy tale. His daughter gets kidnapped by... Yes, Rumpelstiltskin. He's like, sew me the thing. And Wait, then, turn the straw into gold. Turn the straw. Yeah, sew me the thing. Yeah. <laughs> sew me the thing, daughter. Ah, <laughs> uh, Jesus. Yeah. So and in that situation, so Rumpelstiltskin is doing piecework. Yeah. Right. Now, the payment escalates rather quickly. As I recall, she gives him like a peck in the cheek and then she gives him a gold ring and then she gives him her firstborn child. Her firstborn child. So it feels like the, pre the premium... It, it and then, does. And then she defaults on him while becoming the queen. 
Yeah, well, it's all pretty crap though. She's like being locked up and made spin straw into gold or die by some asshole king. Like it's and then the asshole king marries her, right? It's something pretty. He's wrong. like, you have now made me money. I shall marry you and give you a child. She's like, thank you for your job, bro. We, That's great. We wonder why our society is so messed up. Because <laughs> this is the this is the shit we live, we read as kids. When you investigate the uh, the actual workings of a fairy tale, you find it's pretty grim. Very I grim. Yeah, because at the end of it. Pro- at pro- the screen? end of it yeah sorry sorry, oh, okay. sorry. Whoa, i just want to get my whoa, pun whoa, in there whoa, go whoa, on whoa, at the yeah. end of it at the end Hard of it fantastic <laughs> at the end of it right he's doing piecework and it's the same thing mm-hmm. and it's and at the end of it the worker is, is dispossessed of his of his possessions right yeah yeah so i'm team rumpel skills still skin on this right? <laughs> yeah you want that lad to get paid his invoice bounced yeah right? it totally the did king and the queen they're like, ha, 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 in your face. I've got my kids in your face. You yeah, know? it was a bit... I'm the queen now. A bit shoddy, though, to go guess my name and then go dance around a fire going, she'll never guess my name. It's Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair, hope f- hope yeah. no one's listening. Fair point. Fair point. <laughs> Rumpel should have shut that up. Yeah, yeah. It, it <laughs> feels like he was the architect of his own destruction in that particular... Well, it was a fairy tale. It's Everything is everyone's fault, basically. You know, they're... I blame the government, says Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> <laughs> and and he'd be right. It's all Leo Rector's fault. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. there was something you're saying there. Uh, yeah, right. the piece the, is it's funny. My dad uh, always tells a story when he was young. Um, he did a bit of work on the roads. Um, uh, and he said, if it was a contract where they were being paid for time, there was like, ah, oh, that's t- take take your time, lads. You know, there was yeah, take it easy. Uh, no hurry. But if the foreman come along or the head guy I might have my terms wrong came along and said lads if we're finished this by Friday we're going to get paid fully they'd be like boom and they would do the whole job mm-hmm. and I remember yeah that to me is quite a literal example of that yep that's incentives contract structures matter yeah, yeah. and and I, I know it's interesting we were talking on a previous podcast about process and uh, <laughs> that I know that I what appeals to me uh, is project work yeah and doing something and it ending mm-hmm. um, but this idea that something is achieved and it ends and that if something is kind of ongoing for forever and there's no foreseeable outcome at any point, um, how the incentivization can lag or, you know, or just the idea that you're clock punching or, you know, or or clock watching. And technically I've been here and I I know I don't have any figures in front of me, but I know there is an employer in Brazil or something like that, where it has kind of said to his workers, once you've done X amount of work, if you're done by Thursday, you can go. Or if you're done by Wednesday, but this amount of work needs to be done. And apparently, with no figures in front of me, it has been very successful. Yeah. Um, where people are opting for quality of life and quality of work rather than punching in at the times. Yeah. And I, I don't know. Um, I just think, I think you said it before that it's about looking at the world and saying well why does it have to be this way exactly exactly and the four day work week says there's no reason on earth that the th- that we should be doing this stuff for five days and 40 hours when you could get it done in three days and 28 hours mm-hmm. or whatever right yeah and uh, or or maybe 
just for some reason, maybe just for some reason, some days you need to work for, eight, sometimes you need to work for eight days straight. Yeah. Some day, sometimes you need to work for two. And it's like, okay, you need to have that flexibility. It depends on what kind of job you do. I think sure. the implicit assumption here is that the jobs that we're talking about are kind of servicey jobs. They're kind mm. of like high value added. You've got your own laptop. You know, you, ha you have a yeah. particular preference for the Mocha Choco Latino thing yeah. you have. You know, it's that kind of work. It's not like, you know, it's not like ER work or... Sure. So at certain times, at certain times or, or gig economy work where you really do have to be driving the car. Yeah. You know. Yeah, so, yeah. But even then there's a fair bit of flexibility in that. You could only work four days a week there if you wanted. Yep. Now you would probably starve were that your only job. Yeah. But the the, the, the the larger issue is it's a societal marker that you just have forty hours a week. Mm -hmm. Now if you reduce it to, to a four day week and then say, Well look, at, at the end of the uh, you know, we're assuming that you're gonna basically do ten hours a day. Yeah. Right? Um we're still paying you for forty hours a week. Yeah. We're going to do 10 hours. Like, why? Because we know you're doing email at night and in the mornings and yeah. whatever. So, yeah. So you do the four days. And then, on the, on the, uh, and then the question becomes, well, okay, let's say the four-day week becomes the standard. Yeah. And again, you, there are no, like, emergency departments that are doing four-day weeks. Right? No. So we have to figure that out. But more or less, most people do four days, not five. Yeah. Um, in that situation that increases the demand for employment, right? That is a version of Bertrand Russell's thing. Yeah. Uh, it makes people more productive. It makes them much more likely to stay in their jobs. Mm -hmm. So this is a really big finding. Um, the, there was a big, big study done on Intel workers, the people who make the chips. Yeah. And they were like, what are we going to do to get these people to work harder? Because making chips, you have to have, be... Uh, very concentrate on what you do, but you can go faster if you work harder, right? If you're more intent on it, on your work. So they were like, well, maybe we should um, give people a, a bonus. Like, you know, every day, if you, you meet your target of chips, we'll give you like 20 bucks. Mm. And then they were like, oh, well, maybe what we'll do is we'll, we'll get the CEO to send you a text message saying, good job, mm -hmm. or whatever. And they did this experimentally. Uh, a guy called Dan Ariely did this experimentally. They did another one where they went, you know, what we're just going to do is we're going to give you like a pizza. We're just going to go, here's a pizza. Uh, it turns out they gave him vouchers for pizzas, but the same thing, yeah. right? Roughly, um, uh, you know, like we're, we're going to give you money, we're going to give you stuff, we're going to give you hugs. What actually gets people to do more? And the answer is, if you tell them, I will give you more free time. That is the thing that massively increases people's productivity right. and keeps it high. And they don't, they don't leave because they feel like, oh my God, this place really respects me. Okay. This place cares enough about me that, and it knows that I'm good at my job because they think I can do it in four days. Yeah. They know that I'm going to, you know, be on email, be super responsive. But if I can be a better, you know, a better parent, if I can be a better uh, father, if I can be a better whatever, uh, based on the fact that I have more time physically to do it, yeah. then... I'm going to do that. I'm going to stay in this job. Yeah. Even if my pay doesn't go up that much, right? Yeah. Because you've been given time. So you're trading off labor for leisure. Yes. So this is what John Maynard Keynes said in Economic Possibilities for Our Grandchildren. Keynes said, he was looking in, again in the 1930s, he was, uh, you know, unemployment is, the Great Depression is happening. It make, made the global economic crisis look like, you know, a Teletubbies episode. Like, yeah. Uh, utter, utter, utter carnage. Um, uh, the uh, the novels, most of the novels of John Steinbeck are set in this particular time. You know? Yeah. Uh, Grapes of Wrath. 
that's that's the time I'm talking about. Right? Yes, the yeah. The Jodes and the Dust Bowl and all that. Um, and so in that exact moment, Keynes is going, be grand, lads. By 2028, right, so 100 years ahead, mm-hmm. by 2028, work as we know it will have been automated away. Um, people, The rich people will pay taxes. They will subsidize the poor. You'll go and do the job that you want. You'll do what you feel makes you happy. It won't be backbreaking whatever you're right place you'll do yeah. uh, you'll be you'll, you'll get into opera you'll mm. do physical exercise you'll become an artist you know two things Keynes didn't see one is we actually work far more hours now mm-hmm. than they did during his time which was you know only whatever 80 years ago the second thing is we actually have a lot more leisure time because of automation so yeah. you know uh, people aren't beating their 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 carpets uh, outside you know we've got a hoover they're not spending all day doing that scrubber thing uh, we've got yeah. a washing machine whatever so there's actually a lot more leisure time yeah and what are we using our leisure time for technology specifically there was so well social media or, or work tv oh tv okay right? yeah. tv is filled that space now tv has been slowly displaced but ultimately it's only been displaced in its mode of delivery People still watch more TV than they do anything else. Yeah. And they watch Netflix, they watch Amazon Prime, or, you know, they even sometimes watch the 27 ads on RT Player before the whole thing crashes. <laughs> or YouTube videos of other people playing computer games. Which is so weird. Uh, it's so weird. It's God. so weird. So there's this guy, my, my, um, my, uh, my eight-year-old and my 11-year-old watch this dude, and he has the creepiest voice. His name is Stampy Long, Long Head. Stampy long and he's got this <laughs> a stampy long head. This lad stampy, right? They hang on his every word. If he, one day he will go, kids, guess what? Turn around and get the sharpest knives. Take over the world. Get what? your children. They would just go. Where are the sharpest knives? They. Well, what f- is he? he? Is He's a professional YouTube gamer. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And he's terrifying. His, his laugh is. His laugh, his laugh, it used to induce me with, with, with rage and now I just feel fear because he, he commands their attention in such a way like they, they really, he, he really could say, you know, now it's time, take over. And they just go, yeah, cool. And we'd have Lord of the Flies, right? Totally. But just with, you know, YouTube videos. But you were saying yeah. that we have replaced the, uh, the leisure time. Yeah, so we're not writing operas. We're watching, um, we're not writing operas, we're, we're watching, um, you know, America's Next Top Model. We're not writing plays. We're uh, watching, you know, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, mm-hmm. right? And I mean, some of us are writing plays. Some of us are doing things that make us fulfilled. Mm-hmm. But a lot of us are sitting there going, what am I going to do with all my time? Okay. Because we've been conditioned by our education system that our only role, our only value comes from our work. So if your identity comes from your work, yeah. And somebody says, you can only do your work one day a week. What do you do with the rest of the time? Yeah. Work, it doesn't always function as labor. So you were mentioning your dad on the sites, right? That's labor. Yeah, totally. That's yeah. labor. You are, you are using the muscles of your body, most of your spine, to dig a hole. Mm-hmm. No, that's hard, hard. That's hard work. Most people's work is not that work. No. Most people's work is quite pleasant. Yeah. Uh, Russell, he says, there are two types of work. There are people who move objects relative to the Earth's surface, and there are people who tell those people to move those objects. Yeah. And it's a fantastic phrase, because it's totally right. He gets the class structure exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. it's like, so most of us are in the other, other, other point now. And it's like, okay, so work is not really work. Mm-hmm. It's a form of leisure. 
okay. in a way. And you see this most obviously when people have kids. So uh, paternity uh, 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 grants it now exist in Ireland, thankfully, so that people could go take time to be with their kids. Um, Should be longer, but yes. Oh, and, I, and, and please God, it will be. And please God, actually, it'll be shared equally between the mum and the dad. Yeah. But what is interesting is watching the guys come back off the leave. Yeah. Because they're they they run into the office Skip into like the office. thirsty people <laughs> in a desert toward an oasis. They're like, ah, you know. I only have to do one thing at a time. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Without a three-year-old pulling my leg. Or Nobody else's poo is my responsibility. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I am here for the. I'm here for the management meeting. <laughs> it, it, that there's that idea of work as identity, work as work as leisure, work as community, mm. that we. We need, we need to generate new institutions to fix. Yeah. So if you didn't spend all of your time working or thinking about work, you could spend your time thinking about community. Uh-huh. This, we always play that as the upside. Yeah. I would contribute to my community. Yeah. What if you make it worse? Okay. <laughs> Some people are just not very nice. Well, there's that. You know, so um, these kind of large societal changes are like what I'm here for as an economist. Like I'm absolutely showing up for yeah. these big changes. Because it's only when you see these big changes that you see the character of society. Yeah. You know, and I, I would just, I think a four-day work week makes loads of sense for loads of good reasons environmentally, yeah. for example. Just, just lots of people not driving to work. Mm-hmm. That's going to help. Uh, people and just being better parents. It's a good thing. Yeah, know? and, and it, it'll even it out in, in some other way. Yeah, like sure. Rather than, what, what about, I won't have my amenities. I mean, I just think... In a short podcast like this, we, we can't get into all the the reimaginings, but I think maybe it might be something we, we should come back to because yeah. sometimes you propose something or an idea and there's this backlash of that won't work because it, it's not within my sphere of understanding. Yeah. Whereas we come back to the smoking ban or whatever, uh, where something gets challenged and then it's, oh, oh yeah, okay, cool, grand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's... I, I think this is something we should definitely come back to because yeah. I think reimagining who we are and how we do things is what makes for better yeah. society. Totally. And on that note, we must say goodbye and, and I think maybe a happy Christmas. Yeah, happy Christmas. I Let's think go. that's that, that that's fair. Happy happy holidays. Happy holidays because who knows when, maybe Christmas is over when, and who knows what you are and you've every right to be whatever you are i'm gonna stop talking now you can edit this yeah, yeah. Have, uh, a, have a good time folks have a good have time, a good time. The, from ann and steve we will see you in 2020 good luck <laughs>